All right, Faith Promise, how are we doing this week? Can you guys rock in? Come on. We want to welcome you, whatever campus you're at, Blount County, North Knox, Campbell County, Anderson County, UT Downtown, Internet Campus, Pellissippi. It's a great weekend to be a part of worship. This weekend, we're going to be praying for folks that are sick at all of our campuses. This is one weekend that's going to sort of hurt you to be on the Internet Campus. But for all the rest of our campuses, we're believing that God is going to move. You just saw a video of Chris. Chris has been a part of our church for 10 years, and He's got a couple more months and he'll be leaving. He actually left the Pellissippi campus when we started Blunt, went out, and he did a great job, served in all kind of venues. And, and we're so proud of what God is doing in Chris's life. And we just want to pray for him. And just in any way that you can pray, support, anything you can do, man, we're so proud. He's a son of this house, and we're just excited about what God's doing for him. Stretch out your hand. Let's pray for him, guys. Let's reach out. Father, we come now and we pray for Chris. And Lord, you're going to touch a world with Chris. He's a man of great faith. He's a man of vision and he's a man of action. And he always has. And God, it's been such a joy to be his pastor and watch him grow. And God, we pray that, that in the next couple months that he'll get every bit of support financially he needs and get any last bit training. And that, Lord, as you send him to Africa, that continent will never be the same. Boys and girls who have no idea that you're sending Jesus through Chris. And so God bless him. Be with his family. We just ask you to use him in a great way. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. give him a hand one more time. Love you, bro. Man, Chris has been at our house so many times, and, and we love him. Well, again, uh, it is the month of miracles, and I love the month of miracles. Uh, every year we do it, and we finish the month of miracles with what we call the heart for the harvest. It's a free will offering. It's above and beyond our tithes, and we just... We give an offering to the Lord, and it's about campus expansion. It's about missions and Chris and, and, and other groups that we support. And this year, will be, uh, there'll be another component, which is moving Faith Promise out, completely out of debt. And so we're excited. Now, I want to tell you, already I've been inundated. This already, last week was our first uh, weekend on Faith Without Borders. We're calling this Month of Miracles. And... What, all, last week when we prayed for provisions, folks started texting me or emailing me Sunday night before the weekend was over. Hey, I got a job. Hey, God did this. Hey, God did that. People started emailing Monday. Hey, man, I got a call today from, they lost my resume. They've been looking for it. They found it. Isn't it amazing? We pray for jobs and the next day, you know, somebody finds a resume. Our God is able, isn't he? And so God is moving and it is so cool, it, you know. Now again, last weekend we prayed for for provisions, Jehovah Jireh. This weekend, uh, we're just a little bit, we're going to be praying for healings. He is Jehovah Rapha. Next weekend, we're, we're going to be praying for prodigals and relationships, marriages, God to bring people back, God to save. And, and just in case, we'll have all of our campuses, we'll have all the baptistries warm and ready. No telling what God might do next weekend. So pray for pray about that. All that's going on, I hope you're already praying about what's going to be your part on the Heart for the Harvest offering, which is coming. Now, we're, we're, we're talking about living a life of faith without borders, that we believe that our God is limitless, our God is able, our God is just super abundantly able to do above and beyond. But many of us who are Christ followers, people of faith, we allow our borders to, to cause us to live a life without faith. 
instead of our faith causing us to live a life without borders because we serve a God who's limitless. Amen? Our God can. He, and it is God's will that we radically follow him, that we be overcomers, that we walk in victory, that we experience his provision, that we experience his forgiveness, that he expands our borders to, to unbelievable places. This is part of what Jesus did on the cross. He didn't just shed his blood so, hey, your sins can be covered. You can just mark off days on the calendar. He died for us so that we can live this radical life. Amen? I mean, that's what he died for. That's what it's all about. And so he wants to expand our borders in every possible, spiritually, emotionally, relationally, ministry, financially, in business, in our small group ministry, in every way. God wants to expand our borders in the supernatural journey that we are on. And I read you a verse last, I'm going to read you it last week, out of 1 Chronicles chapter uh, 4, verse 10, says this, Now Jabez called upon the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed, and enlarge my border. Your hand might be with me. You would keep me from harm, that it might not pain me. And God granted him his request. In Isaiah, God's talking about the nation of Israel. In Isaiah 26, 15, you have incre- increased the nation, O Lord. You have increased the nation. You are glorified. You have extended all the borders of the land. Now, God is about extending the borders in every possible way. Amen? Y'all believe that? Three of y'all believe that? God's about expanding the borders. So I've, you know, obviously been praying, all of us have, and I was just interceding last week and or this week, I don't remember, and I said, Lord, what is hindering your hand from a supernatural sovereign move that ends up in revival? From healing people, from opening doors for people, from expanding borders for people. God, what is it that would heal your hand from moving at faith promise like like we have never experienced? And two things just immediately popped into my mind, and I'm going to give you three. Two things just immediately popped, and I began praying over those things in my journal. Number one, sin in the camp. If you harbor iniquity in your heart, if you harbor iniquity in your heart, he won't hear your prayers. And so, and so I just want to challenge you as we, as we move, because again, in just a few minutes, we're going to pray for people that, that are sick at every single campus. There are people coming with cancer. There are people coming with things they don't even know what's wrong, and they're coming, and they're going to be anointed with oil, and we need the power of God. Amen? Isn't that more important than your pet sin? I mean, it doesn't matter more than surfing porn or being greedy or something. Come on, isn't that right? Do we not want our God to move? Then, man, let's, 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 let's cleanse the camp. Come on. Man, let's decide. And the second thing that he spoke to my heart was a lack of faith. Jesus in Nazareth, where he was raised, the scripture says Jesus could not do many miracles because of their lack of what? Their lack of faith. God, faith moves the heart of God. Now, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, right? But I want to, want to say something to you, even in this month of miracles. Faith comes by hearing. Faith does not come by miracles. Because people say, well, if I just see God move, we've all seen God move, hadn't we? We've had God do a miraculous thing. We've had God come through when there was no way. We've had God touch or answer prayers. We've had God do all this stuff, and yet it's just not that long that we get away from that. You know what I'm talking about? That we've moved back to our natural position and posture, and that is to be moving away from faith, not moving into faith. Does that make sense? 
If you don't believe that, you've never read your Bible. I mean, look at Abraham. You just start through the patriarchs and then go hit the kings and roll through the priests and roll through the apostles. Last weekend, they were praying for Peter to be released from prison. He's knocking at the door and they don't even believe it. They don't believe what they're praying. And these are the, these are the, big, these are the head hogs at the trough. We're talking about the big boys. See, our natural position is to move away from faith, not move to faith. But I'll tell you, let me tell you something about this faith walk. If you're listening, say I am. In this faith walk, you are either gaining ground or you are losing ground. You're either taking turf, you're moving forward, growing. Your faith is like a muscle. You're using it, you're growing it, or you're retarding. You are moving backwards. You are slowly moving away from faith because you never stay static. Gaining ground, losing ground. That's just the way it is. Now, we're all in this supernatural pursuit of God. You come to this church because you love God and you want to know God more. But, but the deal is because we're, we're in the supernatural pursuit, stuck in a natural world. And stuck in a natural world, this world draws our attention away from God into this world, doesn't it? I mean, listen, how many of you are stuck on news talk radio? Man, if I'm alive faith, i got to cut the news off. Are you with me? I'll be riding around with Zach, and it'll be on. He said, Dad, do you mind cutting pessimism radio off? <laughs> I mean, you mind cutting that off? And, you know, and so I, I've got I've to, that's the way of the world. It draws us to everything about the world and all the stuff we got to do, and it draws our, our attention and our affection away from God and away from this, this, this life of faith, this walk of faith. Does that make sense? And so it's a battle daily to walk in it. What I want to do is, is I want to look, go back and, and look at just a piece of the story in Scripture that's repeated more than any story in all of the Bible, and that's the story of the Exodus. We're going to pick it up at the end in Numbers chapter 3, but, but it's the most repeated story. Now, remember, Moses and them get to the edge of the border of the Promised Land, and Moses sends 12 spies to go check it out. The 12 spies go and they say it's exactly like God said. The fruit is huge. It is indeed flowing with milk and honey. It is more, it is beyond what you could ever dream. It's amazing. But 10 of the spies said, but we can't go. Now there were 2.5 million Israelites. Are you with me? This is what I want you to realize about, about negative ninnies. 2.5 million Israelites with the word of God that I'm going to open up the door, right? God said, go, I'm going to take care of it for you. I'll send hornets ahead of you. I'm going to fight the battle for you. And yet 10 out of 2.5 million talked him out of it. 10 out of 2.5 million. And those 2.5 million Jews that listened to the naysayers wandered in the desert. It was a 14-day walk from Egypt to Israel, the promised land. 14 days, took them 40 years, and they all died, all but the two spies that believed God. All but the two spies. See, listening to negative ninnies, man, it will, it'll mess you up. So let me ask you a question. Who's whispering in your ear? Do you have people that are around you that are whispering faith, that are whispering the word, that are saying, hey, let me tell you, you can do it. God's one, God will do it. You can step out there. You can trust God. You can believe God for great things. Or the people in your life saying, don't try it, don't do it. I mean, come on, don't do that. And they're terrified, and they just want you to, listen, they want you to wander in the wilderness and not experience the promised land. 
Does that, does that make sense? See, God delights in expanding our borders. He delights in blessing us. But there is a demonic border patrol. And that demonic border patrol will do everything that it can do to keep you from the promised land. It is the flesh, it is the world, it is the devil, it is the demonic hordes. Man, they're going to do everything. In Romans 1, it said they chose to believe a lie rather than the truth. And if we could have all knowledge like we will in heaven, but if we could have it right now, the first thing that would just boggle all of our minds are the lies that we believe about ourselves, about people we love, about God, about the things of God, the borders that we have created that cause us to live a life without faith instead of a life of faith without borders. So we're going to pick it up in Numbers 4 because now Joshua and the next generation are back at the border. 2.5 million Israelites have died. Their kids are now grown up. They're at the edge of the Jordan River, and they're looking over to the promised land. They're, they're, they see it over there. They're, they're looking, and they've got another chance. Now, the people that chose not to, they blew it. They had one shot, and they said no. And then later they said, oh, we'll go. And God said, oh, no, you won't go. You had your chance. You blew it. The door closed. So now we, we pick it up where they've got now got a chance. In Numbers chapter 3, they've got a, they've got a second opportunity from God that they can, they, can, uh, they can move into the promised land. It's in there somewhere. I, no, the book of Joshua. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Joshua chapter 3. I apologize. Joshua chapter 3. Now, I want you to, as we look at this, I want you to realize one of the reasons that they missed it the first time is because, they listen, they left Egypt, but Egypt didn't leave them. They still had a slave mentality. They still had this, like I talked about the oppression last week on the Appalachian region, that slave mentality we, you know, so many of us still have. See, they left, God took them out of Egypt, but they didn't, they, didn't take, they didn't take Egypt out of themselves. And we've got to have a faith mentality. Does that make sense? So let's pick it up in, jo in uh, Joshua chapter 3. Then Joshua rose early in the morning, and he and all the sons of Israel set out from Shittim and came to Jordan, and they lodged before they crossed. Now, that the Jordan River and over across the river is, is Ai. At the end of three days, the officers went through the midst of the camp. They commanded the people, saying, When you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God with the Levitical priests carrying it, you shall set out from the place and go after it. What are they going after? The ark. What does the ark represent? Represent the presence of God. When you see the presence of God moving, go after it. Get out there. Follow where God is leading. Follow the glory cloud. Follow after him. However, there shall be a distance between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Do not come near it that you may, not, uh, that you may know the way by which you shall go, for you have not passed this way before. This is a problem for us because the walk of faith puts us in places we've never been, and we don't like to be where we've never been, do we? We don't know what to expect. We're not sure what's going to happen, and we don't like that, so we don't want to walk in a place we've never walked before. Can you imagine Chris going to Swaziland? I mean, he's been there, but he's going to a life that he doesn't know what all will happen. He is out on a, going out on a journey of faith. And he said in verse 5, Then Joshua said to the people, Consecrate yourself. Hey, get right before God. Consecrate yourself, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Get ready. And again, in just a few minutes, God's going to do wonders among us. Y'all believe that? Four of y'all believe that at every campus? Come on. 
So God's going to do wonders. And Joshua spoke to the priest saying, take up the Ark of the Covenant, cross over ahead of the people. So they took the Ark of the Covenant and went ahead of the people. Now the Lord said to Joshua, this day I'll begin to exalt you in the sight of Israel, that they may know that just as I've been with Moses, I'll be with you. You shall moreover command the priests who are carrying the Ark of the Covenant, saying, when you come to the edge of the waters of the Jordan, you shall stand still in the Jordan. And Joshua said to the sons of Israel, come here and hear the words of the Lord your God. Joshua said, by this you shall know that the living God is among you and that he will assuredly dispose from before you the Canaanite, Hittite, Hivite, Perizzite, Girgashite, Amorite, and Jebusite. Behold, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth is crossing over ahead of you in the Jordan. Now take for yourself 12 men from the tribes of Israel, one man for each tribe. Now they did that before. It didn't work well, did it? See, they're not sending out spies. They're getting 12 guys who are going to make a memorial to remember the miracle that God is about to do. No doubt in Joshua's mind. And it shall come about when the soles of the feet of the priests who carry the ark of the Lord, the Lord over all the earth, of all the earth, rest in the waters of the Jordan. The waters of the Jordan will be cut off and the waters which are flowing down from above will stand in a heap. They're going to stand in a big old pile. So when the people set out from their tents to cross the Jordan with the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant before the people, before the people, and those who carried the Ark came into the Jordan, the feet of the priests carrying the Ark were dipped in the edge of the Warden, for the Jordan overflows its banks in all the days of the harvest. So not only are they going to step in the river, but the river's raging because the river's now overflowing. It's flood time. It's a bad, you ever been in a creek when they cut the turbines on or they start rolling dam? That's exactly, what, that's exactly what happened. The waters were flowing down from above and rose in one heap a great distance at Adam, the city which is between Zareth, uh, Zarethan, and they were flowing down toward the Sea of Arabah, and the Salt Sea were completely cut off, so the people crossed opposite Jericho. And the priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the middle of the Jordan while all of Israel crossed dry ground until the nation had finished crossing the Jordan. Now, one of the things that I think is cool is that if you were on top of the city of Jordan, you could see Adam. And they could see the waters of the Jordan piling into a heap as, as the Israelites were crossing over on dry ground. Now, if you knew that somebody, you knew that, that they were coming to take your property, they were coming to take your city, and they stepped into the water, and the water piled up in a heap, and they came across, would you be afraid? Absolutely. So God does this miraculous work. God does this this, this radical deal. But I want you to notice what comes first before the miracle, and that is the act of faith. Are you with me? The act of faith came first because God responds to faith. Hebrews 11 it says, without faith it's impossible to please God, and those that come to God must believe that he is, and he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. And so we come to God believing that he is, and he is a rewarder of those. And, and, and so let me ask you a question. And this, this is what I've been praying about all week. Lord, how can faith promise step in to the edge of the Jordan River? What do we need to do as a congregation, all 5,500 of us this weekend, what do we need to do to step in to see the waters pile up and see the miracles flow from heaven? What do we need to do? Well, I'm going to tell you what I think we need to do. Number one, we need to believe God. We need to believe God because if you don't believe God will, God won't. You don't believe God will, God won't. 
Now, does, does everybody get every miracle they ask for? Absolutely not, because we serve a sovereign God, but God moves by the faith of his people. So number one, believe God. Believe God's going to come through. I mean, how many of those Israelites were standing there that they've been wanting the Israelites for the wilderness for 40 years, and they said, when the priests get that box and they step in the river, the river's going to stop and pile up? Right, I'd like to see that. We'll just hide and watch because it's about to. And that's exactly what happened. Believe God. Can you believe God? Because we serve in a world that people don't believe God. Do y'all realize that? Man, we serve, a, we serve in a world, we serve in a culture where people want to excommunicate God. They want to expel God. And they want to be blessed after they expel God. They expect to be, they expect all this, this wealth and riches after they kicked God out. It doesn't work that way. Believe God. Number two, are you ready? If you're ready, say, I'm ready. ready. Move out in prayer. And that is in just a few minutes when we give you an opportunity to step. Some of you that, that need a healing, you need to go to one of our stations where our elders and pastors and prayer folks will be. They'll anoint you with oil and they'll pray for you. And you say, you know, man, I just don't know if I can do that. Well, stay the way you are. Are you with me? Listen, I, 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 I'm, the Bible says, do we still believe it? The Bible says, if any among you is sick, call for the elders. Nobody ever calls. If I'm sick, I'm calling. Are you with me? Man, I, listen, I want God to move. So you got to move out. I sent Pastor Josh a text. I was actually I sent him the, I sent him a text. Said, "Hey Josh, this is the deal, man. What 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 do you you know? I was I was praying through the deal. Is what does it take for us as a church to step out in faith? To what what is you know like the Israelites stepping in? And he, and he said this. He sent a quote, and I love it. Faith is the distance from where you are right now and where God wants you to be. Faith is the distance between where you are right now, where, you, where God wants you to be. They're on this side of the Jordan, and God wants them on that side of the Jordan. God wants them over there because there's the promised land, and this is the wilderness. The blessings are over there. There's just one problem. There was no bridge. And it was a flood, and God said, hey, listen, no problem. I'll, wake, I'll always make a way. Always make a way for those people that believe. So you got to believe God. We have, to, we have to absolutely step out. And number three, there's an act of faith and obedience. See, what did God tell them to do? Faith first. Faith first. Tell the priest to get the ark and tell the priest to step in that rapidly flowing, raging river. And as soon as they step in, the water's going to pile up and you're going to walk across on dry ground. See, faith takes the first step. Now, listen to me. One step is never enough. Because, see, as soon as they took the step of faith and God parted the Jordan and they walked across on dry land, they were looking at one of the greatest cities in the world that God wanted them to conquer. You could run two chariots side by side around the top of the, uh, of the wall around the city. It was impenetrable. So they weren't just going to take one step of faith. There's always another step of faith. Does that make sense? And my question to the church, to you as an individual, to all of us, what is your next step of faith? Where is it that God has placed you, and he will always place us in an area, in an issue, in a circumstance that we can't fix it, and he'll put us there so that we can believe him to do it. Does that make sense? That's the walk of faith. So where does God want you to step? Does God want you to serve? Maybe you're a part of this congregation, but you're not doing anything at your campus. And you need to, you need to say, hey, count me in, I'm ready. 
Like Chris said, hey, I'm ready to go to Swaziland. Somebody's got to go take care of those kids over there. Send me. For some of you, it's to, it's to step up in faithfulness and giving. And I'm not just talking about the, I'm not talking about the, the Heart for the Harvest Miracle offering. By the way, some of you are holding your giving now so that you can give then. Stop that. <laughs> Amen? Stop that. Come on, just stop that. And so, and so, so it might be giving, it might be serving, it may be God wants you in a small group. It may be God wants you to sacrifice in this offering. It may get, there may be a friend or family member God wants you to invite to church. I, I don't know, but I know in two more weekends, we have a heart for the harvest offering. And so Michelle and I have been praying, what would we do? What, what, what are we going to give? What, what, what do we do? And I was praying last Tuesday, this past Tuesday. I said, Lord, what, what do you want me to do? And he spoke for the first time in a long time and said something I didn't want to hear. Does that make sense? You probably have never had that happen. Or you know what I'm talking about? Because, you know, I'm Lord, hey, I'm right here. I'm yours. Everything I have is yours. Whatever you want, God. Listen, I'm all, listen. oh, God, what do you want to do? And God said, give me the vet. I said, that's not God. <laughs> Lord, I, I'm, I'm asking you, hey, I'll give anything. What do you want me to do? And God said, I don't want you to give the Corvette and the offering. I said, well, Lord, I only have one vehicle, and it's the Corvette. And I've traded a bunch of cars and sacrificed a long time to get a five-year-old Corvette. And I've been, you know, I mean, my whole, but, and, and I'm a car guy. I like cars. And so I, 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 I'm just going to be honest with you. I had trouble with that. Give one of the kids, sure. Sure. Sure, you can have them. My car. I mean, yeah. And so as I began to fight, I began to laugh and say, and, and every now and then when you're praying, or you, you will have a clear view of your flesh and your spirit. And I just saw a clear, I mean, as clear as I've ever seen it, the flesh that wanted the car and the spirit that wanted to sacrifice. And I just laughed and I said, okay, Lord, it's yours. Okay, I'll, I'll, give, I'll give my Corvette. I'll find something cheaper to drive. I'll do something else, but Michelle and I will, we'll, we'll give my car. I mean, he could have said, give her Jeep. I would have been no fight for me. <laughs> That's what he said. So sometimes God will speak to you to do something, and you'll say, well, that can't be God. So I, I just want you to know that me and Michelle are all in. We're all in about what we believe God wants to do. And if all 5,500 this weekend of us are all in, can I tell you something? It is, it will be, uh, it'll be unbelievable what our God will do. Does that make sense? So, come on, amen. Man, what a mighty God we serve. So I'm asking you, what will you do in that offering? How will you sacrifice? Are we a family? And so it's all of us coming together. And again, I've been praying all year for 1,500 families. And we have more than 1,500 families that come, but for 1,500 families to take part in the Heart for the Harvest free will offering and God move in power and in glory. Can I, God, do that? I mean, listen, he is. Now, I mean, this is what we're about. We're about seeing God move. We're about seeing God transform. We're about seeing God just do this unbelievable deal. The question is, how does God want you to step in the water? What does God want you to do in a simple act of obedience and faith? What is it? 
Where does, God, where, where does God want you to do? What does he want to do? Not every campus, if our campus pastors would come forward, all of our campuses, you guys just make your way down. And all of our prayer people, if you'll go ahead and make your way to your stations. And, and I'm going to pray in just a couple minutes, and then all the campus pastors will tell you where the prayer stations will be at all of our different campuses. And so we're, we're going to, I'm, I'm about done, but you guys at campus pastors, just come on up and, and, and take your place. And elders and prayer team, you guys can go ahead and move. See, that this is, this, is, this is the deal. The greatest decision ever in my life is not saying, I'm going to give a car. It's just a car. It's just a plastic car. But the greatest decision was saying, I'll, do, I'll follow Jesus. And some of you this weekend that are here are listening to this story and you're thinking, could that really be true? Is the Bible really historically accurate? And you're, you're thinking, man, wow, what, what, what kind of deal would that actually make in my life if I was really to surrender my life? And some of you are struggling. So listen, surrendering a car is no big deal. Surrendering your life to Jesus, that's the biggest deal. And so at all of our campuses, there are people this weekend who've never said yes to Jesus. You've never, you're kicking the tires, you're coming, you're, man, you're hanging out, but you have never taken this leap of faith and said, I put all my faith and trust in Jesus. See, if we believe he's going to come get us out of the grave six feet deep in, in, in the earth and take us to heaven, the fact that he can provide is nothing. Amen. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, if you say, hey, pastor, man, I'm ready to make that step. I'm ready to move out. I also want you to pray this prayer with me. Just, just, just hey, faith promise, let's pray with them. Pray this prayer out loud. Say, dear Jesus, I'm sorry for my sins, and I want to walk by faith. Forgive me, come into my heart, and be my Lord. Show me how to honor you and to live by faith. Thanks for the cross. Thanks for the empty tomb. And God, I am so grateful for what you're doing. In Jesus' name. Now listen, if you prayed that prayer with me, there's a communication card at every campus in front of you. And, and just fill that out during this time of worship and prayer. Also, at every, at every campus, in every chair, there's a Heart for the Harvest envelope. You can take that with you. Stick in your Bible. It just tells you how to give. There's another card that tells you exactly what this free will offering, our Heart for the Harvest offering is going for. Stick those in your Bible. We'll, re we'll replenish those for the next service. And now this is the deal. It's time that we come before the Lord and ask God to move. And so uh, at a, uh, it, we're now just us and Internet, Campus Internet. You can go, the, you can go to the uh, chat room and have somebody pray for you now. But here at the Pellissippi campus, there are people around these tables and they're oil. And they're going to anoint you with oil, so just walk up and say, this is what I need. This is what I'm praying for. And, and let them anoint you with oil and let's pray. And while they're doing that, we're going to worship quietly. And we're going to believe the sovereign God could still heal. Does our God, can our God still heal? So holy God, we ask you right now in the strong name of Jesus, we ask you, God, to move miraculously, supernaturally, as we obey James 5, as we believe you're able, God, right now, we ask Jehovah Rapha to heal in Jesus' name. And all God's people said,